We are shows what you know. We'll always watch TV. And if you think we can't, we'll watch more and you'll see. That's why the people of the web believe in Jim from Las Vegas and Jacob from Sweden. Extra, extra, plain load of innocent children abducted from their blessed homes by evil Canadian conspiracy. Forget about Chicago, forget about baby Nicole, and let's slip the dogs of war here at the Gilead Gazette, where we discuss The Handmaid's Tale. Specifically, we're going to go through the ending now of the third season of The Handmaid's Tale. My name is Jacob Burrows. And my name is Jim Scampoli. Welcome to Gilead. Breaking news, breaking news. But I'm sure if we kind of have a suspicion of on who did it and we find them, eh, we're probably not going to hang them or anything like that, but we're going to punish them, I promise you. Ah. I mean, we would put her back with the Waterfords, whoever she might be, but uh, we don't have the Waterfords anymore, so that's, you know, we'll have to find some lookalikes, I guess, to get to season four. Yes, we're here to discuss the ending of uh, the third season of The Handmaid's Tale. Before we get started, I uh, want to uh, read a review we got here on iTunes. Oh, yes. The title of this review is, uh, it would be nice if the hosts knew details of the show they are podcasting about. And the contents of the review is, I just unsubscribes from this podcast. It was really frustrating listening to these guys talk about the episodes with no real knowledge of the details. I got so angry listening in the car that I was yelling, she was not the one who said that, or no, that happened later. Too frustrating to have to listen to them. Thank you for your review, which was your username. Uh, thanks for leaving a review. Any review is very much appreciated, especially uh, to, to balance that one out. What do you have to say to that, Jim? Uh, I, I'd have to oh, challenge... Oh, sorry to catch up. That's, that's one star out of five, by the way. Go on. <laughs> I definitely would have to challenge this review. They give no examples. And uh, because we're not saying things that other people said. No, I have notes on this show. I know what I'm talking about. I know this show. Now, the other thing with like things happening before or after, I mean, yes, this season we've we did it a little bit differently. We haven't been going episode to episode due to scheduling and whatnot. Plus, it kind of is a little bit better to discuss it because sometimes it gets a little samey with each episode anyway. So we are discussing it in a bunch. And yes, it's not always we're not sometimes we're jumping around a little bit. Uh, I guess disclaimer, I would say. Uh, but yes, otherwise, uh, thank you so much for that great review. I can almost guarantee I know way more about Handmaid's Tale than that person. <laughs> Conversely, I might not. Um, I'm I'm totally open to the fact that I may have been the one who said the wrong thing or something that happened after the, another thing. But my reaction was, and this is, you know, if you haven't switched off the podcast yet, my reaction was like, well, they should make a better show then, and I will pay more attention. Uh-huh. I know that sounds weird. I have a Handmaid's Tale podcast. And I do think The Handmaid's Tale is a good show. I, I even think so now. But uh, it's not like talking t- talking handmaids. Like, it's not... We're not bringing on people from the show, and we're not going to keep blowing smoke up their asses when they do things that we don't enjoy. We'll gladly blow smoke when it's well-deserved. And I think it has a lot of great moments to the show that we like to go into. Yeah. But as was proven with the last few seasons of Game of Thrones, you don't have to be positive on it just because you have a podcast on it. Hmm. Um that said, we're getting into the last bits now, the last three episodes of uh, this season of The Handmaid's Tale. They are titled Liars, Sacrifice, and Mayday, the, uh, you know, 
the the very much uh, anticipated May Day has finally arrived. Jim, what's your overall feeling on these last few episodes? Well, let me just talk uh, before we just talk about just these episodes. I just want to talk about this season as a whole. Um, I feel like this show needs to cut down the episode count big time. Uh, I think that's my main takeaway. Maybe we need to go back. Was it 10 episodes? How many episodes was the first season of Handmaid's Tale? I'll uh, check right now. Sorry I think, that yeah, I didn't already have it, it up, but I believe it yeah. was 10 episodes. If you're correct. And then, 13. yeah, then they did 13 last year and they did 13 again this year. And I don't know. I feel like they don't have enough going on here um, or enough things that are fluid for this many episodes not that three episodes is a huge undertaking but i feel like the flow of the show would be much better because i i don't want this to sound like super negative like you know we dislike the show or whatever but i heard this i heard this criticism season two it didn't hit me as much i think we were a little bit more positive on season two than a lot of outlets or places but i feel like this season really suffered from dragging things out or having something be a focal point and then not a focal point and then kind of yeah. come back up again later on or just get lost in the shuffle. Um, so, I mean, that's that's my main takeaway because either way, with a show like this, it's, I mean, if we've been saying from the start because it is such a hard show to watch sometimes because it is a lot of misery uh, and, you know, torture and oppression, which is kind of the point of the show, I understand. Um, but it feels like there has to either be some sort of end game or it, fe- or it has to feel like when you're watching it that there's you're in good hands, you know what I mean? Sometimes I feel like the, the writers or the showrunners uh, are just kind of spinning their wheels a little bit because it's like, ah, we got to fill these episode orders uh, yeah. So that's my main thing. Otherwise, on these these last three, I mean, it's it builds to a good ending. Uh, I I don't feel like to me I was never caught up in the tension. That was my main problem, especially like yeah. getting into the finale. I you know I saw I I think the main reaction has been very positive, which is great. Like a lot of people really enjoyed it. I've I like at least scrolling through the Handmaid's Tale hashtag on Twitter. There's a lot of like, oh my God, so tense, the tension, blah, blah, blah. But to me, I never thought June was in danger and everything felt, it felt like they were layering on too thick, which made it seem like, oh, nothing bad's going to happen. But that's kind of my take. The, I mean, the initial buildup is what we have, well, Lawrence leaves, but then he comes back in, in like episode 11 or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, he got his wife out, but then his wife's back. And then, you know, the thing happens with her wife. And then finally we get into May Day. So, right. you know, a lot of it felt flat uh, for me. Uh, it's still, you know, I'm interested to see where they're going to go with this. It's a better cliffhanger ending than season two. But in a lot of ways, it's the same uh, ending yeah. as season two, which is I weird. Thought, yeah, I thought these were, uh, to, to add on to what you were saying about the flow of the season and the pace and, and the episode count, uh, I think these are some of the best episodes of the season. Um, and like you said, the problem is almost like 
you could cut out i swear to god you could th- cut out three episodes and i couldn't wouldn't be able to tell the difference of the plot of what's going on because things are kind of discarded as perhaps they should have been uh once you get to this end game here um and i think that happens to a lot of shows in the middle of the season you know it feels like things are standing still before you ramp up for the ending but i think there's an inherent problem in particularly this season because the setup at the end of last season was so sort of what the fuck okay i mean I think we can all retrospectively understand that she wants to stay, but we were very, uh, at the end of last season, I mean, but we were very much like, okay, so we better not go back to just having the same thing going <laughs> on as we had for the first season and the second season. And that is what we get for a lot of this season. I think they do a fairly good job of like, you know, wrapping, wrapping the show or the se- season up here. But yeah, that setup sort of harms us because we're not as willing to remain in this uh, status quo that we're stuck in, that we've been stuck in for a while, you know? Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. I think that's that's a great way to put it. Um, and yeah, it, it's like, I mean, at the end, at the end, she's still in Gilead, uh but I, I, that's why I was just, like I was just saying it's kind of like the end of season two again. Yeah. Be, and in a way, it's in another extension of the end of season one as well. Like if we're kind of looking at it as a whole, because it's always like leaving you. And I mean, this is the, the nature of television in general. I think I've, I've mentioned this before, whether it be discussing Handmaid's Tale or other TV shows. TV always has to build you up to this huge thing. And, uh, you know, it's a common thing with television to have a cliffhanger, but then all that's going to happen is the next season, there's going to be two or three episodes like undoing that cliffhanger. I mean, yeah. I could be wrong. Maybe this is the time now where like shit gets real. It does feel like it's set up that way. But then again, I could totally see them <laughs> like all of a sudden, you know, we're in a situation where June's in a house again uh, as a handmaid. I mean, I, I, yeah. I it's that's highly unlikely i feel but there's that little bit of a chance and i guess i don't even feel like it's highly (laughs) unlikely (laughs) it might be unlikely but i don't know like i agree with you uh and i think like the show creator has come out and said like shit's really gonna go down in season four and i'm like okay but you're still gonna make 13 episodes so i know shit's not gonna go down in like episodes five to ten there really (laughs) yeah yeah and i mean i I, I, i've heard him talk about that there's a plan for like 10 seasons and it's like this show should not be 10 seasons unless there's a real big game changer coming our way uh i mean i guess if we're if we're gonna get into the full fall of gilead and the aftermath of that maybe but uh that's kind of a tall order to ask to to have 10 seasons yeah, that's really when you have, like, if you do that, you have to transform the show into something different, uh, which is fine, but then you have to be willing to do that. I think series one or, sorry, season one of this is perfect in that it's like a perfect portrayal of what it is, much like the book is more like a slice of this situation and this world. And if you want to go beyond that, as they're now doing, then it would be great if you felt less cautious about tumbling things around and changing things up like as you said regarding the tension there they they literally told us that 
you know, she's not going to leave. She's not going to leave without her daughter, which is fair enough. Uh, so we already knew the children were going to get out, but she wasn't. Like, I, there was no part really where I was like, are the children not going to get out? But yeah. No, the children were going to get out. But I still cried at the last scene. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'll be yeah. honest. Like, when, it, when the plane lands and Luke's there and he thinks he might see his daughter and he doesn't and, uh, and Emily's there. You know, it's funny that, to me is like, me. I never even thought that he was looking for his daughter. I just thought he was looking for June the whole time, like when I was watching it. But, oh. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I it didn't, it, it didn't really work for me. Um, I, I don't know. I just felt like they were always going to get away. Um, I like when June went to do, go off on her own. I knew she was never going to be on her own. And, and these are nitpicks, but I guess you can only get caught up in nitpicks when the overall thing isn't working for you. Because I've been on the other side. I understand. I'm not saying, like, if you love this, you're wrong, because I get it. I've been the person that loves something, and then someone comes at me with nitpicks, and I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. And it's like, yeah, that's good. That's where you want to be, because that means you're invested. Uh, but for whatever reason, it's just, you know, when it's when it's like, I get the symbolism. They're throwing rocks, and it's kind of like how they had to stone handmaids. But when they're throwing rocks yeah. at guys with machine guns and then he gets out of the car and he like runs through the woods, it's just I'm not buying into that reality. It's just not working for me. I love when she blasts him in the face. Uh, that was great. But oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to nitpick because I feel stupid because I understand it's not it does. The details don't matter. But then also the details kind of matter. Like when when the kids are running a, a, across the the fence or whatever, but they're like kind of close to where the guy's shooting and he doesn't see him. I'm just like, all right, whatever. Gives a fuck. They're out of here. Who cares? <laughs> okay. Well, for me, the one detail like that, and you know, not to get into details, but that's what we're gonna do for the rest of the podcast, yeah. probably. Um, like when he, uh, when when the kids are arriving uh, or whatever, and June's or before they arrive, June's like, get me a map, and then they're like. We could drive back oh, and that's, forth. Yes. Like, that would be impossible. And it's like, we could walk. And I was like, what the fuck were you going to do with 52 kids? Wasn't that the plan? I thought that what you had, you didn't look at a map that you're asking now how far away the airport is. No, what yeah. the fuck was the plan? <laughs> that's absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to bring that up as well. And then of course it's less than five miles away. And Oh, we just happen to have a straight shot through the backyard. Don't even worry about it. And you know, cause even that, like, the plan beforehand was we're going to get a truck and we're like, all right, we got 10 seats and like, all right, we got 52 kids. Okay. We're going to get a bunch of trucks. And then the hope, the plan initially was we're going to get a bunch of trucks and we're going to drive to Canada. And it's like, all right, I guess. And then it just happened to fall in their lap that this plane situation. Yeah. And now it's like, all right, well, we're going to get on the plane. And then they throw in this other ten, like fake tension of the Marthas that are like, we don't approve of this. You know, you're going to mess up our thing. And it, it feels like, uh oh, is this going to be a problem? Like and, and I like that they were they were making comments to June of like, you know, you've done one thing and you think, you know, shit like we've been running our underground revolution here. Who the fuck do you think you are? Like, I, I like that. And I kind of wanted to explore that a bit. They hinted at, it at the beginning of the season. Didn't really pick up much of it throughout the season, then hinted at it again here. And then those Marthas are never like brought up again. Uh, yeah. Like, even though she kind of goes behind their back and speaks to their contact and like sways him, 
Um, and I'm like, uh-oh, is this going to be a problem? No, it's not a problem. You know, they're all in on it. They're not going to, like... And and what was this thing they even were worried about? This this plane drop-off of supplies that I don't know what it was? I, like, again, these are things that I guess don't matter, but they kind of matter. And when's Billy getting his art? Uh, like, how's that <laughs> yeah. logistically yeah. going to happen? I guess. But he's in Canada now. I don't think he can fly back. Or is he not the pilot? No, he's just the contact. Who's this pilot who's just like a Canadian now? Because he's got he can't go back to Gilead. I don't know. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into some of the beats here of it. I guess uh, in episode eleven, I was kind of like, oh, here we go. When it starts with uh, Lawrence's wife pointing a gun at him. <laughs> oh yeah. And I'm like. Oh, uh, like, I think one of the problems, maybe particularly for you, is I remember when we were discussing the last season, you were already like, what the fuck, who the fuck is this Lawrence guy? Like, fuck this Lawrence guy, tell me who he is and what he actually wants. And I feel by the end of the, like, these episodes, his character makes sense, but it hasn't always. I don't, I don't think, feel. I, would, I would actually push back against that. I okay. feel well. I mean, I guess he makes sense in the realm that he's a completely different character than he's ever been on this show. Like, especially whether it be last season or at the beginning of this season, you'd have to agree he's a different character, right? I suppose. I honestly like they didn't define him very well. He would just he was. But just no, remember he was quirky laugh guy, like laughing at Emily, <laughs> like thinking she's gonna die, making little comments yeah. like, "Oh, I guess I'm in big trouble." And then at the beginning of the season, kind of hinting at like, you know, who do you think you are? Like you're gonna change things or, or whatever. And then now he's just kind of like, she's like, "This is my house," and he's just kind of like, "Yeah." And he kind of like knows she she let his wife die, and he's just kind of like, yeah, I know. Uh, uh, but I, I thought the motivation behind that would have been kind of explained by her letting uh, the wife die, where he now is, you know, carried forth to 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 carry out her wishes in this world because she wanted to go and get the children and get them all out. So so he's gonna let that happen now and he's in too deep to back out or whatever. But I, I suppose see, well because I, yeah. I when that was all happening, I completely started thinking like in a weird way this would be more problematic for the situation. But I mean it didn't work that way. Like I guess I could see it either way. I could see it if she like lives and then he gets cold feet but then if she, but i could have saw it the other way where it's like oh i don't have my connection to the old world so fuck yeah. it you know uh yeah. i don't I, I feel like he was a different character than he ever was and because the story said so and that's i mean it's fine but yeah i i never could get into who this guy was Fair. I think uh, the one character trait that's carried throughout or at least emphasized at this point is that he cares about his wife. And beyond that, he might be a bit of a nihilist, doesn't think about what his actions have caused, doesn't like to think about it. But I mean, he does care about his wife. They go to, you know, go go to lengths to show that, I guess. But then does he? But yes, uh, towards the end, yeah, when she's dead. I, I agree. It could have gone either way, it felt like, because like, yeah uh, well especially because i mean this is my read again like i'm not saying this is absolutely correct this is just my read because yeah i do take that away as like his wife was the main thing uh but i almost felt like if now that she's gone that would make him worse but yeah i guess your rationale still makes sense as well where he wants to carry out her wishes but they kind of hint that he knows june like didn't help or was 
not like it's not like she killed her, but she kind of did. Um, I didn't see that. When is that? Well, because even like I was talking to Kristen and she kind of picked that up as well. Like just at the funeral, like maybe not, but he, you know, she was doing her Jedi mind thing where we only see her mouth under her uh, handmaid's uh, thing, her handmaid's yeah. cover, visor. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I was waiting for the, her to crack a smile and then make him like turn into a zombie and do whatever she thinks <laughs> and controls sure. his mind. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, he gave her like a second look. But uh, again, it could mean nothing. I maybe was reading something into it, but I was talking to someone else uh, and, and she was saying she kind of had the same idea. But it wasn't, there's not enough there for it for that to be definitive so either way my first thought was definitely that uh june's better save this woman or lawrence is gonna be like the worst but then i was like well she's gonna get brought to like a hospital and get her stomach pumped or whatever and then she's gonna be too frail to travel and lawrence is gonna care more about like her immediate physical health than actually following through with the plan and so then he's not going to be able to get her out. So then he's not going to care about the rest of the plan following through. Uh, but yeah, I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't pick up on that that way. I just thought they were portraying June's inner turmoil or lack of inner turmoil at what she'd done in this case. That's what I thought with the whole visor shot and her sort of True. becoming this ruthless person towards the end of the season. But also like, I mean, he, he, even if like say he had to go to the hospital because there was a thing with health like what did he even have to do with the plan anyways it's he didn't get the trucks or anything like that yeah he, he didn't even get the contact <laughs> for the airplane you know like i get like the whole i i've been saying this from the beginning i understood they didn't want him to be too helpful because the idea we were always building towards the women are helping each other and that's they play that out perfectly. Like this has been set up and that's what they're doing. And so you couldn't have this guy come in and be like the answer to all their questions, which is fine. But but they also didn't, I don't know. It didn't pay off for his character in my opinion. And I didn't understand like going back to this episode 11, like when she goes in the room and like all the papers are shredded and he writes, sorry, why does he come back? Like what, what, what was happening there? I thought the whole idea was like, Oh shit, he's gone. He fucking lambed it or something. Like what was yeah, the, the thing was that he uh, used to have max clearance. So he could have just driven out and that's what they were going to use with the trucks. So that's why he was important to the plan, but that clearance had been reduced because of everything. Yeah. I mean, cause he's into weird shady shit with <laughs> handmaids always dying or whatever. And okay. his lowered status. So that's when he comes back. That's what he says that like his, okay. His, I miss I, the clearance. I missed yeah. that then. So I was like lost. So, so I guess I, point one to that reviewer, uh because but also like going back to his character i know they always say like he helped orchestrate this community but i don't i don't buy that and and i get like we're not going to get into they're not going to spend time getting into his flashbacks and backstory or maybe they will jesus but um (laughs) how how did this guy how was this guy important to this would um, you picture this character here doing any of like building this civilization? Well, I think what they have shown with him is that he's sort of this uh, de- detached from reality intellectual asshole. And I think they say at some point that like he wrote some books or whatever, and they picked up on the ideas in those books. And, and they do say that the colonies was basically his idea, like bringing people out to, to work 
to death and whatever, uh, that that was basically his idea. I can't see him being like the man out there implementing it, but as someone who like, he, he's a thinker and like uh, a formulator of words and sort of people picked up on that and carried out his his visions that he maybe only saw his theories and, and brought them to reality. And now he has delivered this world that like he did help create through that, even though he didn't physically pull the trigger, he maybe designed the gun. Yeah, but I just, I don't see, I can't see this guy like say five years ago and he's what, he's at a dinner party with some other rich elites. And he's like, you know, if we had like a wasteland, we could use slave labor to <laughs> punish people. Ha <laughs> ha, just a theory though. And then it starts happening and he's just like, well, fuck, <laughs> I did say it. <laughs> what am I going to go back on my word? Be labeled a flip flopper? Uh, and I, I mean, I know that's and the... Then at, at, sorry, at that dinner party, a woman tries to pay, his wife tries to pay, and it doesn't work because any card connected to a female has uh, been disconnected. Just one of these hints yeah. that something bad's coming. And I get that's kind of the point of the show. I mean, we've seen even like in Serena and Fred flashbacks that they didn't quite anticipate the world they were building. But they've also shown that those people are like crazy uh, and vindictive. And maybe I guess we haven't we didn't get a chance to see the Lawrence version of that, uh, commander Lawrence's version of that. Um, eh, I don't know. And also like, what are the optics on the mental health with this show? The way they portray his wife. I think that's pretty rough too. Nice optics. Oh, well, <laughs> yes. It's also, uh, surprising that they just, that, that she, I guess it's cause he's a commander, but she's allowed to, you know, exist isn't called for her mental illness. Um, but then mental illness is probably fine if, as long as it's not visible to these people. Anyway, sure. I'm, I'm, I can understand the frustration given that this season is basically the Lawrence season when we're in the Lawrence household and you're like, why didn't more come out of this or why didn't they make this make sense given how much time they had to do it? But that said, I did like him reading uh, from uh, Treasure Island and I have nothing more to say about Lawrence. Shall we move up mm. on to other characters? Yeah, we can talk about the Chris Maloney death, which was, I mean, I guess it was supposed to be like a catharsis because we get to see June, like, fight back. And then again, like, her good deeds help her on the other end because, the you know, the, the Martha that comes in is the one she saved. But uh, outside of that, it doesn't really amount to much more um, as far as, like, you know, these worries about security and stuff. I mean, I guess it works out because they assume he's been taken by the Canadians or the Americans or whatever. Uh, but it, I don't know. It's it's a cool scene. It doesn't have the oomph of like Emily running over a guard's head to me. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's, it, you know, it's nice to see june fight back and again like other women help her and have her back but I, I thought at the very least there would be some fallout with the marthas that already supposedly don't like june and are worried that she's gonna fuck everything up like this seems like it would be a big deal uh but you know it it, it, it is what it, it is what it is it's certainly a a rough scene starting out because even though the show has definitely, you know, given that it's moved now into fan fiction, it is leaning more towards um, wish fulfillment, which makes sense because we want to see like payoffs of these horrible setups and everything. But they still made me believe that something bad was going to happen here. And then instead she uh, kills him, which was, you know, 
kind of cool. Um, the the fact that the Martha comes in like you're you're the one who saved me from the cages in episode three. I was kind of like this feels like a Telltale Games like yeah. you made that choice earlier, so now this is happening. It's like well, that's a bit of a coincidence, coinkydink, isn't it? And uh, but yeah, I, I didn't mind it as such. My main takeaway from it was like I don't have any characters left now, so. Uh, in Gilead, uh, Waterford's out. This guy that they were building up as like the big commander guy, he's out. Uh, Lawrence, he's probably going to be in the next one. But yeah, it may because I thought maybe taking out Waterford, this would be the new guy who's a horrible guy. I mean, he clearly is. But no, he dies, which is fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I just wish there was like something that happened from it. But I mean, again, maybe it's something they're going to explore in the next season. Um, I guess we'll see. Uh, well, supposedly it sort of re-elevated uh, Lawrence's status, the the thing that was lowered earlier, because with Waterford being taken, which we need to get into, and uh, this guy disappearing as well, uh, suddenly Lawrence has more sway, just like when they blew up a bunch of commanders last season and, and uh, Waterford had more sway. Cool. So, you know, it's uh, Kismet's beautiful kiss. Mwah. <laughs> so uh waterford's uh i mean serena takes waterford north and betrays him that's kind of a big thing right how you feeling on that yeah yeah i like that i mean um like i i kind of like that they left it a little open like because that you know initially in this this episode i mean i assumed she knew what was happening but yeah it, you but know. she did look very surprised when it was happening yeah and then they confirm it in the next episode which for some reason, they let Fred and Serena alone in a room where she can tell him. And I'm yeah. like, why wouldn't he just snap her neck like right there? There's no one around. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, the the, the that stuff kind of works. Is you know, she we get the the reveal that she cut a deal, um, and then she gets her own comeuppance, which was. Uh, like, first of all, they're bringing the baby to see her, uh, which I'm like, don't fucking do that. Why are you doing that? Although I love when Morris said, fuck you uh, to Joel from Parenthood when she was talking about her uh, Serena's rapist husband. And then the guy's like, that's uncalled for. And she's like, fuck you. It was great. It was a perfect <laughs> fuck you. I feel like this show goes a little too overboard with like, we can curse. But that was a perfect fuck you. Um, yeah. And but then the thing I didn't get is then when like I know I'm jumping around a bit reviewer, uh, but then in when Serena gets her her comeuppance when they put her under arrest she's like outside with the baby like she's like with baby Nicole and I'm like what the fuck what is this going on this should be su- supervised uh, visitation here you can't just have her outside seeing the baby god damn it was the social worker not with her she probably no? was. Yeah. Uh, so for me, this part, uh, I was in episode 11 when it happens at the end of the betrayal. I was like, this makes no sense. None of this makes sense. <laughs> but what it's actually saying is Fred has no brain. He has no fucking brain. <laughs> because like we said, end of last uh, episode, I think, where Serena like hands over the walkie talkie and it's like, we're going to go directly to them. What it seems like she's saying is like, betray the country to get the baby back. Because, like, what else can you do? Uh, and, and throughout this episode, Fred really doesn't have a brain. And I, I'm also, like, it's like they're keeping hidden what's going on because it makes so little sense. Uh, like, the pretense doesn't make sense. What Serena does make sense. But, but yeah, it's like, um, 
we're gonna go through other channels like it's taking too long we're, and and what is what does fred think is gonna happen like he's gonna yeah. go meet this guy and then he's gonna what like convince him or like what is the what's the idea here i mean i, <laughs> I guess have no clue i guess he's just caught up in the old you know the the glow of serena i mean we see they have this sweet moment and it feels like they're back as a couple again and he trusts her but yeah it's still kind of like come on <laughs> do you not see what's happening here <laughs> yep uh because yeah he, he gets arrested and yeah that's i i i also liked excuse me i liked that um he uh he's i mean i kind of like that he vindictively lashes out at her uh and like gets them to arrest her as well but it does that kind of felt like it makes no sense because you'd give her immunity anyway. And then it's like, oh, it's still rape. And it's like, but you didn't, you know, did maybe they didn't. Cause they did make, do make a big deal of like, no one really knows what happens in Gilead. But I thought they knew um, because didn't June sit down with them and say like the father is like, wasn't that the whole thing yeah. of why they were trying to fight against like the baby being sent back to Gilead? Is that like they, it's actually not Fred's baby uh so yeah i I was thinking about that as well yeah she's certainly told the swiss and i don't know if they passed it along to the americans but it feels like they would um so i was kind of like wait so i mean i agreed but i was i was also like uh when when joel from parenthood was like (laughs) uh like he's so disappointed in her i guess maybe he built up in his head that in this society like women are under duress and like she didn't have a choice and she's this smart woman and he read her book and then like oh wow you made a girl have sex with a guy like yeah that's the whole society that's what it's built on and she's one of the pillars of it her books were much like lawrence's used for this shit except she of course she can't read or write but yeah and i mean to be fair before lawrence existed as a character it was like serena built this (laughs) built the civilization until they were like actually this guy did uh and plus i mean it was like not that i saw that that's how things were gonna go but the way every time and i'm sorry i keep referring to him as joel from parenthood uh but if you if you're a fan of parenthood you know what i'm talking about but uh serena and him were always making like kissy faces at each other and like it was this you know uh, oh my god uh, what could be like the way they yeah. kept hinting at it being a relationship, it's like, all right, something is gonna happen, obviously. Uh, and and then even the fact that, like, I I would have liked it more if he was just doing that to play her in a weird way, rather than him oh, yeah. being like he really was disappointed because he thought like we're gonna have this uh, relationship, we're gonna be married, and we're gonna raise baby Nicole together. Uh, his name <laughs> is Mark uh, Mark Tuello. Uh, this is character's right. name. He's played by Sam yeah. Yeager. Joel from Pyramid. Joel from Pyramid. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that was all fine though. I mean, I was like, thank God, we can't go back to the Waterford house. The Waterfords are out. Like, everything is so much more interesting in Canada than it is in Gilead. As soon as a character gets there, I'm like, interesting things are happening. We're well, not and, just going to the shop over and over. And at this point, every character we met is in Canada except June, basically. <laughs> like. Yeah. Rita's there hanging out with Luke, fucking Fred and Serena are hanging out. Emily, uh, yeah, uh, yeah they're mean, all just chilling, and they're all like, "When's when's June gonna get here? Parties, the water's nice. Hop in." I mean, yes, uh, Nick's not there, um, 
but uh, who, we Nick doesn't even exist Nick. anymore. Yeah, who Nick's, is Nick even? He's gonna be the big bad. He's the big bad next season. Ooh, I wouldn't mind that actually if they actually did that properly. Yeah. Um, I mean, they set it up. Yeah. He's a big, you know, Chicago kick-ass dude. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have the like we mentioned, June decides not to save uh, Mrs. Lawrence, which I think played out interestingly very breaking bad vibe if you've seen the show you know what i mean um reminded me of that scene very much um but yeah it's it was fine because she i guess has a better understanding of lawrence than we the audience does and knows how he would react to it um and it does work out in the end great um the last episode as we discussed it's mainly about this plan i like that i I did like the bit where um one of the children shows up early with a martha who's jumped the gun and then uh june jumps the gun and points it at both of them and this sort of balance between the ruthlessness that she's building up and that she's also talking about in the intro where we actually get to see her sort of in a pen uh being herded around there in her initial flashback in the last episode yeah and she talks about the ruthlessness of these men and how she needs to adopt that herself and how she does when she like promises to blow the Martha's brains out. That was fun. Um, but then she also points it at the kid and yeah, that's the, that's the sort of payoff, I guess I did. I like that. I didn't like as much the bit later when the same kid, it's like, sometimes we have to do the things that we have to do. Ugh. Like, Oh, that's a line someone wrote and put in your mouth. Like couldn't, yeah. couldn't do that a bit more naturally. Yeah. No, I hated that kid. <laughs> I hated that kid. I, <laughs> I was fine the... with her earlier when she was quiet. <laughs> I thought it was a nice moment. Like women should be. <laughs> I thought it was a nice moment when she sees her dad. Uh, of course, like that was that was a really well done. But I don't know. I, I know they're putting it in like simplistic child terms, but I didn't like when she's like, is this the place where I get to wear what I want? Yeah. Um, because the thing I, the thing that that scene, like the way that kid was presented what that opened up for me more was like, oh shit, there would be kids that don't want to go because yeah. they don't like the way they even pitch it is the kid is like, I don't remember before Gilead. Well, first of all, you're a liar. Cause you remember your dad when you see your dad, liar kid. <laughs> uh, but okay. second of all, no, like if that's all you've known, like, cause I think I forget, I think we found out it's been like five years when June's looking at the documents or whatever. And if some of these kids are, yeah, like 12 or whatever, and they've been in this society since they were seven, like they, and they even hinted at it with Hannah when she's kind of afraid of June in a weird way when they met last season. So it's not that they have to like explore that, but it felt like maybe that was something interesting. Like maybe some of these kids don't understand they're being saved and maybe that is something they'll get into. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like if there's an episode where like or several episodes about them being like de-indoctrinated or deprogrammed up in Canada, I'm like, that's probably going to be the best episode of next season. (laughs) Uh, But they didn't get into it here. Uh, One of my thoughts on that same topic was like 52 kids. If you've ever done uh, like teaching or like handling a group of children in any capacity, you'd be like, how are they so quiet? How is this possible? (laughs) But I, I do excuse that just because 
like Gilead will put the fear of God into all of its children and like they will do what they're told. And I'm even open to them, like not knowing what's going on, but just doing what they're told basically uh, because of the society that they've built. So I did kind of believe it. Um, But yeah, I I did uh, like Lawrence reading from the book and that he was sort of making stuff up. That's how I understood it. That like he's, he's reached the end of the book already, but he's just improvising from there. That's how I read it anyway. Did you get the same vibe from that? And I was like, wow, that's cool. And then like the candles burning down even lower and like keep, that was his effort to keep them all quiet. We don't need to get into Lawrence again, but I did like that. Oh, that's nice. I didn't even think about that, honestly. Um, I, uh, well, because again, like going back to what I was saying at the beginning of this discussion is this tent, like the tension here, it all felt very fabricated uh, because when that Martha shows up early and gets cold feet and then takes off and then June doesn't kill her, it feels like it would have been game over immediately. Because I felt like if she'd shot her, that would have been like too loud and too. Well, I, uh, yeah, that too. But, yeah. but I mean, once she gets away, she already said like she's gonna go run and tell her. I mean, I guess I could understand. Maybe she didn't run back to her house because she's even more afraid because she doesn't have the kid anymore. But it feels like she's gonna get caught immediately, and yeah. it's game over. She's not gonna like not say where, what's what's going on. But I don't know. It, didn't work it worked out you know she got caught later and i guess they didn't have the information of you know where she's been or where she took the child and they didn't notice that all these other kids are also not in their homes i mean i know they were going door to door but we never saw them like come to their door and well they had those but they did leave in a hurry kind of but yeah they they I have more of a problem with like the scenes where they're hiding in the woods and like the mm-hmm. beams of light are literally <laughs> on them and yeah. then they just move on. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that like Lawrence, like through his new clout from having the other commanders disappear, he's able to like make sure the trade stays open. But I feel like that would be clamped down on as soon as like, oh, there's a kid missing or because like baby Nicole, that was a big thing. Uh, but then like, no, a bunch of kids are missing, but we're still got to like let this plane leave, uh, even though there's weird activity around the airport. I mean, I guess, you know. Yeah, there's machine gun. It was gun. all clear. They, they, he said all clear, so I guess it was fine. <laughs> there's machine gun fire, and they, let's send one truck. Uh, I, I feel like a dick. I feel like a dick, like even making this part of an issue. But it just, it just added up for me. Where it just, I didn't buy any of it. Uh, so. Yeah. I mean, it, it works out. It's a great victory for June. I want, a, I want a victory for June. Uh, and maybe it's just because this show has done a good job of like we've talked about this in the past like everything seems so beaten down and tough that when june can just duck into a hall and talk to nick and kiss him (laughs) and we're like what the fuck you're gonna get you're gonna get caught what are you doing uh so yeah it's just the the tension didn't work for me i it didn't I, i never thought for a second that they were in danger and like lawrence should be dead like that should be the understanding but i know he's not gonna be like, they should have just knocked on his door, and, like, as soon as he opens the door, they shoot him in the head because it's, like, clearly something's going on here, but I'm sure that won't be the case. I, I assume, like, season four will be, like, the trial, and, you know, even June will be, like, probably caught, but then there's an international incident because they look at all these children she saved, and it's like, we need to stop Gilead from car- carrying out their 
uh, punishments and then how will it look? And Gilead's lost power because of all these higher ups. But June is this new international figurehead. So they can't just kill her. But let's see what they have to do about it. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Well, the audio cut out for a bit there, but I still feel like I knew know exactly what you were saying. So let's yeah. uh, not too worried about it. You were describing the next season, right? That's yes. Well, yeah. 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 I really kind of, even though it's a totally different show, I want it to be like warfare. Like I want it to be modern warfare. I want to see mm. the maps and I, I don't want to be in a little household. And I, I know that that's the core of the show, but like you don't really have to return to it at this point. You can just make it about... Right, so now it's a war in the media and in everything else, which they did try to explore this season. Like, that's what they're trying to do with Nicole and, you know, the big TV ads and everything. Uh, but a lot of that felt like like the foundation that it was built on wasn't solid enough. Um, and it, because of the length of the season, it felt like offshoots that didn't really lead to anything. Does it really matter about you know, baby Nicole's ad campaign now towards the end. I guess the point of that was to get Waterford to agree to go north and get Serena desperate enough for the whole thing. But like all of Serena's twists and turns and like agreeing to give the baby up and then deciding to get it back and then going to Washington, all this stuff, it it, it doesn't feel like a, a one whole complete great arc of a story. Like remember the hospital? I, <laughs> I know I was kind of, I, kind of, I was positive on the season from the start sort of. And then I, when you were turning, I was turning the other way and I was like, what the fuck did I just watch when I watched like three episodes <laughs> where it felt like nothing happened. Um, but I want to emphasize again, I, uh, I think I'm coming out more positive on the ending of it than you are. Uh, I do understand your frustrations, but for me, it, it, it worked a lot better for me, I guess. Well, I mean, if I cut out, I was basically saying similar to what you're saying. I feel like that stuff with baby Nicole is a setup for next season where June is going to be the focus of international intrigue and uh, mm -hmm. controversy. And that's going to be the excuse to keep her alive because she is this hero that saved these children and the world is watching Gilead and maybe they've lost a bit of their power because of some of these main guys that are out of the picture now. Uh, and that's yeah. the excuse of like, she's going to get caught or whatever, but they can't just kill her immediately because they still are trying to work out a trade deal or whatever they think, or there's a war building and she's important to it. You know, she's important to the hunger games. Right. <laughs> and maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe Nick will become more important than like, I mean, he's the dad of baby Nicole, so maybe he... Oh, he's the president of Gilead next season. You didn't know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's no one else about, so, you know. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. It's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not super positive on it because I think what your, your main point from the start was great, that if we had 10 episodes or, hell, you could have done it in eight. <laughs> like, you, you could have arrived at the same point, but without going off on these offshoots that are meant to build up the world and instead just leaves us with more question marks uh, hovering over our heads. Yeah. I mean, or maybe we will get the promise of June and the Handmaids running through the woods, taking guys out like left and right. Uh, I'd be down for that. That was the promise of last season when yeah. she was basically went off on her own. I was like, fuck yeah. She's going to just be in the shadows, living in the shadows, living off the land. Sniping no, people. because that was so, <laughs> because that was so obviously what was going to happen, and it didn't. I now feel like it's not going to happen this time either. But maybe that's exactly what they'll do, and I would indeed be up for that as well. Uh, I guess other quick things. We're probably what we're probably going to go to Chicago, right? 
We can't just keep talking about Chicago. We're going to finally see it. We gotta. We also gotta get that Lawrence flashback. Like we're all waiting for it, rooting for it. We gotta get that Lawrence uh, flashback. Not many well, flashbacks in these last three episodes, which I uh, I did uh, kind of enjoy. Well, let's see. What is the um, the showrunner here? What's his name? Uh, Bruce Miller. It would be series creator. It would Bruce be Miller. nice if the creators of this podcast knew details about the show they're discussing, Jim. I did know that. I just didn't know his name offhand. But yeah, Bruce Miller. Uh, he's talking about season four um is that uh you're talking about a world where children are their single greatest and rarest resource so i'm sure gilead will be let's just say put off he added that he hasn't yet written down a full map of the series return i try not to plan the next season because you can smell that a mile away uh that's not true and so yeah so she has a lot more resources than lawrence thought he says she's gonna have to shed blood and send people in to have their blood shed if she wants to continue this fight uh an active war the season four reaction to june's ploy as uh, oh he hopes to keep the season four reaction to june's ploy as realistic as possible for a dystopian c- series it's certainly a mess from gilead's point of view this is as much as an active war as you can have in the days of low fertility. Remember when that's, that was a thing? And we keep, like, we've talked yeah. about that on this show. Like, sometimes it feels like that's not a thing. Like, when you're in Canada, oh, yeah. it feels like, it doesn't oh, feel like a thing yeah. at all. No. Uh, babies are absolutely the most valuable commodity. Although, I mean, I guess when the baby showed up in Canada, everyone did kind of stop. And everyone was like, oh my God, a baby. Yeah, but there's kids all over the place, though. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they do mention it again in these episodes, but that's the thing that I feel is a, a kind of a failure of the show to highlight that is supposed to be like the foundation of this world we're in. And they do mention it here, like, what were you doing when the fertility rates were dropping? Yeah. But then, like, they're just people just keep having babies, so you know. So yeah, June. I mean, obviously, June's end game is to uh, reunite with Hannah, but it's not. Uh, uh, but not her entire endgame, because she's trying to get back at or hurt Gilead in a way it hurt her. She's taking Gilead by the balls, and she doesn't care if it can walk afterward. Uh, oh, I don't have a map or a schedule, but I do have a very precise uh, idea where I want June to end up. I don't know how many seasons that is, but the goal is when I'm done, it's something thoughtful, something you can put on the shelf next to the book as a comparison piece. Uh, mm-hmm. I did read in the past, he said he had an idea for 10 seasons. Um, in the end, it may mean, yes, you might get your daughter back, but you're going to be gone. Who you're going to be, uh, who are you, who, who you are is going to be gone. Sorry. I was, I butchered that. Uh, but yes, I mean, I guess we're already, we're seeing that because June is, you know, sacrificing who she was in this different world. And I mean, yeah, her body count this season is, is off the charts, which is good. I mean, it's good for her. She's got a few bodies, uh, few teardrop tattoos she can throw up there. She's got Chris Maloney. Uh, I'm going to count uh, Eleanor Lawrence as well. She's got the guy she shot in the head, which, you know what I was waiting for? <laughs> you know what I really what? thought they were going to do? And in my mind, since they didn't deny my idea, this is what happened, is in the flashback at the beginning when she's in the cage and she's trying to get that guard. Oh, it's going to be the same guy? <laughs> yeah. I thought that too. <laughs> And you know what? what I bet you I bet you it was. They just didn't show his face. But yeah, when she's like, please, sir, like they took my daughter and he's like, shut up or whatever. And he ignores her. That's the guy. Yeah. Just like it was the Martha she saved. That- exactly. 
I love that too. Uh, yeah, so that all sounds fine. I mean, she's already a different person, though. It doesn't need, need to be ten seasons for that. Waterford even says like, and it's you know he's a dick, he's the worst, but it's a good point that he says to Luke like the June you maybe she'll come back to you, but the June you loved like she doesn't exist anymore. I changed her like real yeah. psychopath line, but also very true. She's already very much changed. Um, so. You know, if she becomes a guerrilla warlord, all very that uh, fine. I'm 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 here for it. Let's let's see it. Let's do it. Let's get to it already. Yeah, I think we're gonna have um, kind of like, don't take this in a disparaging way, but like, kind of like the Wookies fighting back. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> <Return of> the, <laughs> no, let me finish. Just okay. like think of the Wookies. No, I'm sorry, yeah. not the Wookies. Uh, the, the Ewoks. Ewoks. Yes, think of the think of the Ewoks be, in Return of the Jedi. The people on this podcast knew details about Star Wars, Jim. <laughs> think of right, the Ewoks, Ewoks in Return of the Jedi, and yeah. how they live in the forest and they use mm-hmm. their love of the land to fight back. Like we're gonna have handmaids, and like they're gonna use like their red gowns are gonna be tattered now that they make things out of. They make weapons, and they're like, yeah fighting swinging through in the trees uh dropping rocks on cars and stuff really fucking shit up for gilead that's season four yeah i mean we have that to look forward to what do you think is going to happen in season four and what did you think of our review of season three well lots of great stuff in the reviews this time just leave a review on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts if you remember when uh when season two ended i was saying that june was like the sith version of june uh, yeah. When she looked at the camera all angry, and I was like, oh, my God, she loves Gilead. She's, <laughs> she's... <laughs> yes, it's going to turn now. <laughs> I mean, that would be a turn up for the books, certainly. But uh, I, I'm, I'm sure I feel like season four is either going to be like the best season since season one or it's going to be a total shit show. Like, I think at this point we've gotten this far. It's either going to be really, really good or really, really bad. I'm, I still well, got my fingers crossed for the really good. I know you keep trying to wrap it up, but one last thing here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cosmopolitan, the things that uh, Handmaid's Tale season four needs to do to be better than season three. I just want to run through this list real quick, say if we agree or disagree. Cool. Number one, more Serena Joy in June scenes. Um, disagree. I disagree on that absolutely as well. Uh, everything... After everything, June deserves to uh, June deserves to confront her by the end of next season on completely equal footing. Um, I mean, I would like to see that, but I don't need a ton of scenes of them together. Number two, yeah. no more on-screen rape, please. Uh, I'm, I, I can kind of agree with that. We've seen yeah. quite enough. Um, yeah, agreed. And I mean, we could they could keep showing us how they get like uh, slashed in the face and have their lips sewed up instead. <laughs> they can replace the rape scenes with that, I suppose, I to suppose. keep reminding us that Gilead is evil. Uh, here's one I agree with. Spend as much time in Canada as Gilead. And I think we've been saying that this whole season as well. Yeah, agreed. When we had the whole, like, keep going on about this, but the hospital episode, like, mm. was there a single episode that was all in Canada? I don't think no. so. It probably would have been my favorite. Yeah. Uh, And here's their quick description. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Recovering from Gilead is as fascinating avenue that hasn't been explored nearly enough on the show. And I completely agree uh, because checking in with Moira and Emily and seeing like how to be like just adapt to a normal uh, like a normal life. I think that's great. 
And then I and guess, getting a view of Gilead through the outside world as yes. well of how they view them and how they react. I was saying that when refugees come in, they shouldn't be as positive. For example, like there's stuff to explore there. Just if you want to be realistic about how people are in the world, like we have Gilead like places in the world. And yeah. when people escape from them and come to our countries, people hate them. Yeah. Not everyone, but a lot of people are like, why are they coming here? Yeah. It's like, they're in Gilead, dude. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, that's an interesting topic to explore as well. We can only do that outside of Gilead. And then the last one here is Nick. Seriously, just let us know he's okay. Um, I hate what? to break it to you, but I feel like they're setting up Nick to be a villain. So I hope you're ready, Cosmo. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. I, I, I guess people are still on this whole uh, shipping thing. Uh, they really like them together. Uh, Nick was always kind of a weirdo. Their relationship was interesting, but it was I didn't. They were never my OTP. They were never an OTP for me, Jim. What's an OTP? I'm, I, I know shipping lingo, but I don't know OTP. Do you though? That means one true pair or one oh. true pairing. Like they're your your pairing, and they were never that for me. Oh, never. I like that. So yeah, what do you think uh, about Handmaid's Tale and where we're going for season four? What did you think about season three? Uh, did it work better for you? I I mean I apologize again like for for nitpicking. To echo what Jacob was saying before, I still think this is a great show. I've called we've called it out many times. It's it's one of the best looking shows on TV. The acting is uh, unbelievable. The cast is great. Everyone is really like uh, putting out high caliber shit. And maybe that's yeah. why sometimes some of these things stick out a little bit more. Maybe, I ex maybe I'm expecting more from The Handmaid's Tale than, say, like um, Spin the Wheel on <laughs> NBC, a game show. Uh, but hey, yeah. those are my standards. Yeah, no, it's it's what happens when you uh, set the bar really high at the start of a show. You, it's like you have to kind of keep keep nailing it. And if like if this was this is the thought probably doesn't make much sense, but if this was season one, like I'd be like, wow, this show's great. Like it's got some flaws, but it's really great. But like we started with season one, which has a book basis, and to com to compare it again to Game of Thrones, like when they lost the books, they didn't have as much of a footing to stand on and like they kind of knew what they were doing but kind of not and here they're also given like free reign basically to to shoot for whatever story they want to tell and it's really hard because they had that to lean back on in in season one it was like they only had to nail all those things you just described and they're still nailing those things but now they also have to expand the world and expand the story in ways that sure they, they knew from the start they'd have to do that but that doesn't make it any more easy to sort of nail in that way and it's often hard to say from before you make a, sh a season, like how is it going to look? How is it going to work when it's done? Uh, I do believe everyone is uh, trying their darndest on it. And uh, I, I got my fingers crossed for them. For sure. For sure. So, yeah, you could send your thoughts to us at shows, what you know, show at gmail.com. Um, we would greatly appreciate a review. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Preferably not a one star review. Uh, it's if up to possible. You, <laughs> But yeah, you know, and uh, you can also find more shows from us at showswhatyouknow.com. We also host a discussion uh, on The Sopranos. We're coming up on the end game of that uh, starting season six very recently. And of course, we discuss Stranger Things. We got probably Marvelous Mrs. Maisel coming up, uh, you know, in the next few months. All kinds Hell of good yeah. shit. Yes. And I, I just have one more thing to say, Jim. 
Oh, uh, what's that? Stop the presses! 